DBN Network. Browns fans talking to Browns fans. Yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm mad most about is that I allowed myself to, to, you know, to get this worked up over. Yeah, yeah, Coleman drops it on the on the last play. That's great. You know, the thing about it is, I you know I can we we have a fourth and two situation there. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, we got three timeouts. All we got to do is run this play. Even if we don't get it, we got three timeouts, and we can stop these guys, and we can get the ball back. And what happens when there's two seconds left on the play clock? A timeout comes in from the sidelines. And naturally, I mean, it doesn't matter because they picked up the first down anyway. But we didn't even have a shot. It was a point. It didn't matter at that point because it was over when we didn't get it on fourth down. And, yeah, Kaiser should have just ran for it on fourth. I mean, why not? He already – I mean, you could tell there that the play was for him to run with the ball. And then it wasn't there, and then it was there, and so then he runs with it. And um, But then he pulls up at the last second, throws the ball, and it's, you know, Coleman should have made the catch. Coleman is probably thinking, what in the world – are you know you doing throwing at that point when you got it wide open for the run you know to, to run to get the first down but um you know again i the, the person that i'm most mad at uh than than uh, as uh, to everybody the person i should say that i'm most mad at is myself for allowing myself to get this riled up and this worked up and this mad uh and this hot and bothered over this this poor organization, this disgusting uh, group of quote-unquote professionals that absolutely deserve to have a parade in their dishonor for an 0-16 season. And I, th- today, today, I mean, there are so many things about today's game that just synopsize the entire year. How many, how many missed tackles? How many missed tackles do we have today? How many, I, I mean, this is, you're, you're playing the game of your life. How many times do we have the guy just totally, we, we go and we, we tie the game up and immediately give up a kickoff return for a touchdown. And we have you know multiple instances where we give them first downs after stopping them on third down, and they subsequently turn it into it's it's just we deserve it we deserve this ignominious uh, uh, dishonor of zero and sixteen and I, my disgust level for this organization is that is is really I mean and the whole time I'm watching it and towards the end I'm like you know there's a shot here we got a shot we could you know we could you know we get the ball back late and yeah I get it you know Kaiser Kaiser does what Kaiser does Kaiser was so you know not the answer this year but I, I i'm not i'm not putting it all on kaiser he's not good but his coach is way worse than he is as far as i'm concerned and the way that this game went today again i'm, I'm sitting there at the end i'm thinking okay it's fourth and two there's any number of things that you can do here but at very least you've got your three timeouts there so that way you can you know you can stop them if you don't get it but what do we do we fritter it away because we have a coach that has that doesn't have the foggiest idea how to manage a game. It is seriously the worst and 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 honestly between that and the defense constantly you realize this is 16 games where we were flat out outcoached hard 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 outcoached by the other team. 
I mean, everything that the other team ever wants to do, they're able to do against us because our guys don't know what they are doing ever. I, I am, I'm at my wits end with this. I mean, I, one win, one win would have been enough. One win would have been enough. You can't even do that. You can't even go out and put up, and you can't, you can't even go out and beat Pittsburgh's backups. You can't even. Hugh Jackson, that 0-16 is yours for the rest of your life. That's you. You can blame Sashi Brown, but that's on you. Greg Williams, I don't, I, you know, all your bluster at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I, I appreciate that the, the defense was able to stop the run sometimes this year. But um, <laughs> I, I, I am... Uh, I'm, 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 and I, and I'm sorry. I really am that if you're, if you try to, if, if you come here for level-headedness and and for some sort of, um, I, you know, I don't know, uh, even keel. I'm, I'm as mad as I've ever been about this, and I, and I'm mad at myself because I shouldn't have allowed myself to get this way. I really should. And this whole day, I've been dreading. You know, I got up this morning. I had stuff that I had to go do, so I went and I did that stuff. And I was in the middle of doing that stuff. And I was getting that stuff completed. I was actually enjoying my day. And I remembered it's like right around 1 o'clock. I'm like, you know what? I got I to gotta, I gotta stop what I'm doing so I can go watch this. So I can go watch happen what I know is going to happen is that we are going to, to, to go winless. We're going to go 0-16 playing, the Pittsburgh, playing Pittsburgh's backups. And that's what happened. And, uh, yeah, so there you go. 0-16, first pick in the draft, yippee. I'm happy, you know, and, and look, the uh, the time's going to come where where I'll, um, you know, <laughs> uh, feel better about the situation and, and, you know, start looking at I'm very, you know, of course right now I'm still very much on the uh, number one overall, Baker Mayfield. I, I, and, and if it's not him, there's two or three other guys to pick from. I sincerely, it better, it had better be a quarterback. Deshaun Kaiser, bless his heart is not the answer yeah I, I appreciate all of the um i mean no looking at that last pass i mean it hits coleman right in the hands you got to catch that pass we got to get a first down there and we have a first and goal have a chance to win the game um yeah i'm sure that people will see that and blame it on uh put that on sashi okay fine whatever uh sashi brown is gonna get picked up by somebody and he's gonna do well uh but we are at, at least by all accounts we are going to be uh, we're, we're going to have Hugh Jackson around again next year, so that he can mismanage games. And I mean, look, th- this one here to get again today. Um, I I just I'm I'm so frustrated with it because there's there's opportunities. I mean, we put up 24 points playing up against you know uh, Landry who gives away. I mean, we we should have this this should have been a win. Well, and there's like three or four games this year. I understand that this team is is not the most talented. It definitely has deficiencies at the quarterback and the safety position, especially. And the, Jabril Peppers, you know, the guy was mentioning, yeah, 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 had his first sack and his first interception, and he made a nifty move there on a punt return. You know, it was just, I'm like, okay, yeah. Earlier on in the game, he had totally wafted on a, uh, a, a you know, one of those uh, juju plays, and. Which, if you're listening in the future, there wasn't like an offense that was styled around the juju formation. It was just a guy that who probably is just a jag, but we made him look like a superstar. Um, with I real, I know he's not, but I'm just saying, I'm frustrated with it. But when that happened, I'm like, yeah, is that that the first uh, you know Peppers waff on the year? Nope, nope. He's, I'm sure he leads all rookies in in that. 
just so frustrated, just so frustrated, disappointed, um, angry, and and and, and honestly, I, I'm to the point. And, and actually, in another way, I'm I'm also relieved because it's over. The season mercifully comes to an end, and we don't have to um, subject ourselves. And I know that you know, we were talking about this earlier this week uh, in the chow that there's um, that there's. You know that th- this time of year is the best part. The draft time is the part that everybody that th- th- these particular guys hate because it's just speculation on top of speculation and guys arguing with each other about stuff that they can't possibly know. And and I get that aspect of it. I, I quite enjoy the draft season just because I like the anticipation of of the new stuff that we're going to get uh, that we ultimately are going to end up probably mismanaging. But whatever. Um. Although I don't. I, I'm very. You know. Not unhappy with uh what has happened the last couple of years with uh with with the draft success that's why i wasn't happy to see sashi brown go looking at the offense going into next year i feel like um you know as as the final as the season wrap-up game not just the historic you know there's going to be a parade now that's something that people that are going to participate in can um can take you know solace in the fact that it's not going to do one damn bit of good i I have no brief brief against you people that are going to participate in this go for it knock yourself out do it to it black and blue it do what you're gonna i I have no i have no animus towards your effort but it ain't gonna do any good it is not going to uh catch anybody and what do you want it what do you expect it to accomplish you expect it to fire hugh i would actually be okay with that and i'm usually the guy that i'm like no no we need to exercise patience here Nope, nope. I've seen everything that I need to see. Because it's it's not just it's not just the idea that that he could get better. Yeah, he could get better. Here's, he could definitely get better. But he's not ever going to be better enough to th- the point of being able to win at, at at the big league level. It's just it's not going to happen. And and this was I I, my, I got I wasn't even that mad at the Col- at the Coleman drop because I expect something like that to happen. Is the point. You know, football so much is a game of, um, you know, strategy. It's what I always love about it, the chess game aspect of it. And we're a team that's so hard luck. I mean, again, you go look at just what happened in, in this game today. With just all of the, you know, we we, uh, we drop them for a loss and then they pick up easy yards because of missed tackles and just just stuff that, you know, it, they, we back them up deep. And they hit a big play because uh, McCourty lets him get inside of him. I mean, just stuff like this happens. And it wasn't the drop pass on fourth down that got me mad. It was the timeout. And the thing is, I'm sitting there with my lovely bride, who is not paying attention to any of this because she's smart. And I'm, I'm, I'm watching this on the laptop, and I've got the headphones on. And I'm and I have to look like a psychopath because I'm watching the screen like it's the most like it's the like like it's the Apollo 13 mission and I'm in Houston and I'm like running the thing and I actually have a role and I'm watching it with that level of intensity like come on guys come on I know you're gonna make it come on we, I, you know, please don't burn up in space come on I know you can do it I know, I'm, I'm that I'm that dialed into us possibly not going winless. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm most mad at myself in all of this. How do I allow myself? Why do I not just take it like like a lot of other people do and I just just laugh it off? Just like, ah, it's no, 0-16, let's have a parade. I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. This whole time I thought, you know, well, actually after last week I was pretty resigned to it. But then when I found out they're not going to play a lot of their guys, I'm like, all right, well, we could, you know, we could possibly maybe do this. And then you see, you know, they, they're actually making some plays and they're moving the ball and they're converting on third and long over and over again. Today. It's like, all right, maybe we can actually do this. 
But when you call the timeout there, with the play clock is and, and look, I see, I, I, I notice there that it looks like they're not going to get the play off. But look, that's what I'm saying. There's there's a strategy to this. There's a there's a, a way to look at this. Okay, even if you get a delay of game there. Okay, it's fourth and seven. Same deal. Same deal. You go for it because, again, I mean, he had plenty of uh, distance on the throw. He would have got seven yards. Coleman still, you know, in an alternate universe, if it's fourth and seven, we run a different play, and Coleman doesn't drop the pass. I don't know. But the move there to call timeout from the sidelines is what caused me to throw my ear – these really awesome earbuds. At my They're not earbuds. They, like, fit the contours of the in, inner part of your ear, which is really, really – I mean, they're really magnificent. Um, I, I highly recommend them. But it was at that point I threw them off and, and start <laughs> – I, I start hurling a, a, a string of profanity at uh, the laptop that I al- also almost throw down onto the coffee table. And this court gets you know my wife's attention. She, of course, immediately knows. I mean, she's mildly annoyed, but she knows what's going on. I just, oh, okay, it's just, it's just getting worked up over that stupid team again. Yeah, and she knows. The dogs have no. I mean, they think that you know, stuff's about to go down. You know, because I'm all, I'm, I'm cool, and all of a sudden I'm jumping up and exercise, and you know, I'm all mad. So, it, it, because at that point, it's like, all right, now if, now if we don't get this fourth down, the game really is over. And so, there it was. But, again, you know, I feel like it's incumbent upon me to not just, uh, you know, be, be dour and mad. But I think that there's, it would be terribly dishonest if I didn't, you know, display some of that. Because I am, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, madder than a wet hen with a bee in its bonnet. Right? Is that... I mean, do you dig that? Is that, you know, madder than, uh, <laughs> I'm madder than a bunch of skinheads watching the Jeffersons. <laughs> I don't know. That, is that offensive? I don't know. I can't. I don't know why it would be. If it is, it's offensive to skinheads, and who cares? Mad. Mad at what these Jokers have done to my team, and the, the King Joker is Jimmy Haslam. Not to associate anybody with anybody else here in, this, in just this offhanded, off-the-cuff, uh, tip of the brain uh, stream of consciousness conversation that I'm having with y'all about this just concluded 2017 campaign. Again, I would have been okay. I had I had very low expectations coming into this year. My expectations coming into this year were consistent all the way through from the beginning of training camp all the way through preseason the beginning of the year and really up until up until the the uh, Hogan uh, incident. That was when it really uh that that was when the, the expectations got uh, got adjusted. But my expectations were, my hopes were, this is what I wanted: four and twelve. Kaiser starts every game, and we don't blow it up at the end of the year. Well, Kaiser started all but one of those games. I would have been, you know, happy with that. Um, yeah, we fall significantly short of the four mark, and we do a half blow up, which might be a full one by getting rid of Sashi Brown in uh, favor of of John Dorsey. Now, whether or not we keep Hugh. To this point, it has looked like all the body language of everybody is that Hugh will remain. And I, for once, would actually be fine with us getting rid of the guy. I think after 0-16, after going 1-31, this is amazing to even say. I mean, because people have been saying this all year. And I guess I have to, to give credit to those that have been calling this and talking about this, as a matter of fact, all year, saying that we would be 1-31, that we would finish the year 0-16. I was always like, no, you guys, you're just being, you know, you're just, just you know, come on. Just, you know. You don't have to be that way. Nope, you guys nailed it. You were totally right. You got it completely and totally right. I was a big fat wrong head on all this. I'll admit it. 
I got no problem admitting it. But uh, you know, I um, at the same time, I I uh, um, <laughs> I didn't think that my expectations were were terribly. You know, uh, I mean, there were people that. In fact, there was one guy, uh, Larry. You're awesome. I haven't had a chance to respond to you yet, but took me to task hard for it. Actually, questioned my good friends. He, he questioned my. Uh, testicular fortitude in my calling the Browns, you know, to um, to only win four games. Like I didn't have the courage to look at this this talent on this franchise on this roster, and I was letting the and, and in truth, it turned out that I was not only prescient, but I was you know I was giving the team too much credit. But look, it, it, it was easy to see that this team was going to have problems. But you know, early part of the year, I talked about this phenomenon that happens with college teams. I think we've probably seen it if you've been watching the bowl games. Uh, over the last couple of days really been fun to watch uh good to see ohio state manhandle usc what do you think about sam darnold huh good to see you know really the big 10 just kind of uh, taking care of business all over the place not that i really care i'm not really a big 10 guy like in other words i'm not a guy that's like oh yeah uh you know if, if, if you know i hate the wolverines but if they're playing somebody else then i want them to win because it's good for the big no i hate the wolverines i, I want them to lose whoever they're playing against the same thing with uh the sec i'm you know i like the gators in the sec because of a you know i have i think i've talked about this before maybe i'll talk about it some other time why i have an associated association with the gators but at any rate i don't like any of the other teams in the like i'm not looking at you know the bulldogs and the tide like ah i want to see uh those guys uh, you know win because it's good for the the sec no i don't i don't care I don't have any love for either of those two teams. I don't have any love for any conference. And I the only the only team that I do have some love for is I know some people that are from Oklahoma, and I also am just a huge fan of Baker Mayfield. I want him to be our number one pick, and I think that he is going to, and I'm rooting for them to uh, win it all, the Sooners and um, Baker Mayfield winning the national championship. That's that's my only do- – but, I mean, I have no – I don't. in other words, I don't look at, um, at, at, at conference you know pride if there is such a thing. Um, but as I'm saying, if you've uh, had a chance to watch any of these college games, the, the phenomenon that I describe and, and you see it, especially in bowl games and in big and championship you know caliber games, is a, a team gets so jacked up, they get so psyched up, they get so you know um, worked up for the, the game experience, go out there and perform. And if something happens, if something bad happens, if something, you know, really that, that, that throws the momentum badly in the other team's favor, it has the, the uh, tendency to snowball. And that team, you know, tends to um, start, you know, they, they, the other team then, you know, kind of can smell the blood in the water. They dominate, and it's usually over at that point, and the other team ends up, you know, what, what was a close game turns into a one-sided performance uh, by one of the teams over the other one. And you see this happen in college, and you also see it in the NFL, sometimes in conference championship games or in the Super Bowl. Well, in this case, um, the Browns have a lot of really, really young players. And at the beginning part of the year, you know, I talked a lot about this happening where we would have, you know, something bad happen. Like last week with Miles Garrett getting the pick six and then uh, Nassib is lined up offsides. Just crazy. Just crazy. Stuff like that happening all year long. And when that happens, it having that sort of effect because this is such a young team. But it's happened so many times and there's just so many of those plays. There's just so many of those backbreaking plays. That I, I'm, I'm to the point now where it's not the players, it's not the you know just the bad luck, it's the coaching, it's the coaching, and that's the problem. That's been the problem. That's the problem, and it's going to be the problem 
uh, until either it improves or we bring somebody else in to replace it, which again, you know, for the first time since uh, I don't even rem- I, don't, I don't even remember the last time I was actually I actually wanted us to fire the coach to bring. I, I honestly don't. This may be the only time and I'm not necessarily pining for it. I'm just saying when we had uh, I, I, I wasn't like wanting us to fire Mangini and I wasn't wasn't I, I certainly wasn't for us uh, wanting for us to fire Shermer or definitely Chud or, you know, Petten. Uh, and I'm trying to go back. I wasn't for us firing Belichick, although by that point they had moved, so it didn't matter. Um, I wasn't for uh, at any point during that. So, I mean, there's I can't remember a time. You know, Chris Palmer was only the coach for two years and had four more wins in those two years than Hugh, I point out. I, I really didn't want Butch to be fired, but he quit, so that didn't matter. In fact, I was for giving Terry Rubisky a shot. I wasn't down with firing uh, Romeo. Maybe I don't know. I, I don't remember. I don't remember how I felt about Romeo. Maybe I maybe 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 I don't think so. But maybe that's the only one that I can. I'll, I'll even give a maybe on was Romeo. But I don't even think so. I don't even think that I was I was for pulling the plug on Romeo back in in. What I'm saying is that it's very very. You'll, it's almost never the case where you'll see me um, enthusiastic about the prospect of us firing a coach. But I would you know. I would not be unhappy. I would not be displeased. I would not be upset. And I understand what it would mean. You know, here's the thing. As for all of the young talent that Sashi brought onto this team, a lot of it's going to get frittered away anyway because that's just the nature of things. And a lot of these guys have been probably mentally, you know, mind-effed anyway because of the two years under uh, the coaching of Hugh Jackson and probably Greg Williams as well. And I'm, I'm really kind of at this point good with seeing both of those guys go. But just for the hell of it, just, let's just take a look at what we have looking at the 2018 campaign and where now first off um projected the last numbers i, I projected t- taking a look at this we had something like 116 million in cap space when we roll over for uh 2018 so that's 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 quite a bit uh i don't know what free agents are going to want to sign here but you know that's especially now with with all of this that's going on and we don't really have anybody that we need to resign uh, isaiah crowell is really the only player that is uh, whose contract is up and i believe that we have the option we could we could transition tag him possibly i don't know that we would want to do that i would be for um letting him go and drafting a running back not necessarily a first round but second round third round there's a lot of really really good running backs in this class so you know i would be for and i'm not talking again not talking about doing with our even one of our high picks there's plenty of guys that you could put in there in a rotational role with duke you still have matt days on the roster but with that with that in mind you've got we've got the number one pick overall and we may have as high as i what think the number the number four possibly depending on how the rest of the games play out today and i haven't looked at any of the scores i'm telling you i've i I honestly have been kind of on an island a browns island because the rest looking at any other football is just so depressing to me watching after watching what we go out there and flailingly try to uh, to pull off but um we're gonna. I mean, we're gonna have two the the first pick and another really really high pick. You know, last year I did the top twelve. You know, who would you want us to see pick at number one? Who would you want us to see pick at number twelve? And you kind of cycle through. You know, all of the players. Well, this year I'm gonna have a top four, and one of those guys will be a quarterback. And, and there may be four quarterbacks worth taking number one. So we may screw up the first uh, pick and still be able to get out of there with a guy. But I'm not suggesting that we do that. But we do have two very very high uh, top picks and two very very high uh, second round picks and a lower second round pick. 
uh, right? Because that was the the um, Eagles trade, I believe, has which they're likely to be probably late twenties, or I should say, well, for a second round pick, probably fifty, probably fifty is late fifties, will be the second round pick, and then we've got our third round pick, which will be um, the sixty five. So that's six picks, right? Two in the second, one in the third, uh, two in the first, no. Three seconds. Three second-round picks, uh, one in the third, two in the first. That's six picks in the top 65. That's what Sashi bequeathed to John Dorsey, who now uh, he's, he's got the whole he's, – he's got it all. He's got that many picks. He's got that much cap space. And not – okay, so let's go through it. Let's go through – as I say, uh, Crowell, probably I, – I, I would say you let him go. I would say he probably would want to go. You know, he's been through his rookie year. We went 7-9. and nine. Uh, really, we went seven and four, right? And when we went seven and four, he had that big run against the Falcons. You remember that, where he went around and through, and and it was really just a great uh, overall effort. And we scored a touchdown. We won that game. We were seven and four, and since then, <laughs> what? Zero and sixteen now. Owen Owen sixteen fifteen is thirty one. The final uh, thirty one and thirteen is uh, forty four, and forty four is forty. So that's four and forty nine since that game where he had that big run. That's our record. So if I'm Crowell, I'm probably good with bouncing. I'm probably good with going anywhere. The rest of the uh, roster is pretty well tamped down. I'm not sure about Jason McCourty, um, but he's probably another one that if he's able to, if he's not shell-shocked, if he's not ready to just, you know, walk away from, you know, if he's not ready to just go, you know, live on an island somewhere after all this, <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, it, it, it's I, I can understand a lot of the players on this team being, you know, it, it, this having an impact that it may be that 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 some of them are going to be serviceable moving forward. But let's just look at it anyway. Quarterback Kaiser had a very very tough rookie year. Had a very tough day today. There was probably a half dozen uh, throws that just I mean they just weren't close. Now the one at the end, he got the ball there. Coleman's got to make the catch. So many more uh, plays today. He just didn't. He just bounced it in there, or it just which is wild. I mean, the the accuracy problems are just all over the place. He's definitely got the size. He's definitely got the arm. The game definitely slowed down for him as the season went along, but not enough, nearly enough. And I don't know what the st- what the stats are, but you know, another late interception again today. You know, in a spot where. And, of course, you have Duke, you know, with the fumble. Duke Johnson with a great year. We'll get to him in a moment. But the other uh, options on the roster, Cody Kessler and Kevin Hogan. And I'm good with with hard, hard no on both of those guys. Not only no, hell no on both of them. They're, they're both uh, guys that I'm, I'm fine with both of them being cut (laughs) i'm also good with them being waived they could be involved in a trade um they could be released it's also uh they could be part of the final roster cuts um they could be they could be uh let go as free agents there's any number of ways that it could end for them all of them involve them not being on the roster anymore both of them i'm fine with kaiser remaining on i mean he's he's definitely a young talent uh he, he may get better i'm not counting on that but um, I don't have a problem with keeping him on the roster and, and possibly do the competition thing with whoever we bring in uh, in the offseason. Uh, the options out there, you know, for free agency, some people think that Kirk Cousins is going to be available. I, I, I don't think ultimately that will happen. I think he's going to end up signing 
uh, with the Redskins. But again, we'll see. I don't, you know, I could be wrong about that. Somehow, some way, I just don't think that that's it's going to materialize. There aren't really a whole lot of other um, options out there. There's, of course, A.J. McCarron, who we, you know, decided to do the mini blow-up over. Although, it, from the looks of it, it may have been that they were going to do the blow-up before that whole episode transpired uh went down like it did but either way uh mccarran is you know he's somebody that if the Bengals slap a second round tender on him we'd be giving up the 33rd pick overall this year to get aj mccarran would you be down with that i, I even with all those picks that we have in the top 65 i'm no that's another hard no and i get that with him we probably you know win the game today and we probably pick you know or are a a middling but i'm not no no Please no. I mean, I, I still believe that Sashi will probably sabotage that trade, and God bless him for it. Uh, he's, a, he's a hero in my mind for this. But I'm good with, uh, you know, if, as far as anybody else that's out there. You know, Minnesota's got a got an odd situation where they got Bradford, Keenum, and Bridgewater. And they're probably, they're, they probably can keep one of them, and I don't know. I mean, really, the, the NFC playoffs are interesting. The two guys, the two teams that are at the top there, both are, I guess they're missing their starting quarterbacks, but Minnesota's been rolling with Keenum all year, and there they are. They're, they're there. If Teddy Bridgewater's available. He definitely seems like a guy I could see us rolling the dice on, and I would be enthusiastic to see that. Uh, I would definitely like to see what um, what what uh, what what holds for for TB um, if he if he's able to be. He's a guy, of course, that I loved when he was coming out in the draft and had that just freak injury. And Minnesota's just got a weird situation up there. I mean, if Keenum if Keenum quarterbacks that team to the Super Bowl, I mean, it would just seem that at some point, you know, they would somebody would be able to catch up with them. But I mean, who is it, is it going to be? The Rams? Is it going to be? You know, the, I, I can't. If it's the, if it goes down to the Vikings and the Eagles, I mean, are the Eagles going to get? Are they going to win a playoff game without Wentz? I don't. I don't know. Maybe. I guess it's possible. Could happen. I mean, if that's the NFC Championship game, the Eagles and the Vikings, I gotta, I gotta think that the Vikings got the advantage there, even if they're on the road. And if they, so if that, if that happens, you could have Bradford or Bridgewater available. Do you want either of those guys? I'm just, just like you know, like I say, just off the cuff here. If the guys are going to be available, if chances are, that's why the Garoppolo thing people were so upset about. And you look at he's had a great, you know, uh, uh, portion of the season with the 49ers, and certainly looks like he's going to be you know, do well out there. And so they, they, you know, uh, they've got their situation squared up, which is all well and great for them. But, I mean, it just goes to show you that good quarterbacks very seldom are they come available, that, that you're going to actually have access to unless you draft them. So you go to the draft. And, you know, with, this is where we're going to be spending the lion's share of our, of our attention these next several months, I would imagine looking at the the candidates they are in the order that i would have them right now baker mayfield from oklahoma lamar jackson from louisville uh, josh rosen from ucla and i guess sam darnold is put his uh I, i guess his hat is in the ring from usc there's also josh allen uh, from out of Wyoming, but I, 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 I'm not. I don't really count him. He's he's definitely uh, down the list as far as I'm. As are guys like Mason Rudolph, the the four guys that I mentioned, and really the three in, in my. And, and honestly, it's it's Mayfield for me by a pretty significant uh, amount. But you know we're gonna we're gonna have all sorts of time. But honestly, 
if there was ever a year for us to have the number one pick overall, this really does seem to be a quarterback-rich draft, then we really should, you know, this guy Dorsey, um, and hey, I will give him credit. This is the guy that, you know, spent everything to to, uh, move up and get Patrick Mahomes last year in the draft. Now, there's a thought. There's something that people have been kicking around. What about the idea of trading with the chefs either for alex smith or as Corey, uh you know it really wants to happen and i would love this too if it did happen it was for us to go get uh mahomey you know if we're able to do that i'd be pretty happy with that. i'd be pretty stoked about that um but then what do you do i mean are, are you gonna give up the number one overall for i don't think that you're gonna do that uh do you do the four over i don't know i i don't know what maybe you do some combination of like you know you give them the four but you swap you know the four with their first rounder and maybe give up some other picks and maybe some play i don't know maybe there's a package deal that you put together with that maybe throw kaiser in the mix and uh get that deal done i'd be i'd be all good with that uh happening and then use our bevy of picks to uh fortify the other stuff but this guy you know thought enough of mahomey to jump up and get him and i mean look I, my my record as far as a quarterback scout, I guess it's probably worth uh, citing it here. Not because this is not for me to beat my chest and say I was right, I was right about anything. It's just to say that I have a track record of viewing these things. And if you go back to uh, you know really 2014, the the when I kind of started hanging out at DBN, and uh, I mean I, 2013, there really were no quarterbacks to speak of. And you know, I I like Geno Smith more than EJ Manuel, but you know, big whoop <laughs> that you know that really I wasn't really you know, all enthralled with any of them. But either way, um, twenty fourteen, I thought Johnny Manziel was like a third round pick, and I really loved it. Really, 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 really loved Teddy Bridgewater, and I like Derek Carr, uh, and I and I also like Blake Bortles, and I may have gotten Bortles uh, a, a bit ahead of Carr. Uh, like I had, I probably had those two interchangeable. So you know, okay, fine. Um, that was that was what I wanted for 2014. 2015, I was all in 100%, 100% on Jameis. Uh, and I, I was kind of lukewarm on Mariota. Like, I, I, he may be all right, but I'm not really feeling it. Uh, I, I was more or less uh, really, really hot on Jameis. Really, you know, kind of like I say, lukewarm to even maybe a little cold on, on Mariota. In uh, 2016, I really liked both of them. I liked Goff and I liked Wentz. Uh, and I liked uh, Connor Cook, but, you know, not to the same degree. But I really liked Goff or Wentz, and uh, I was um, would have been happy with drafting either one of those guys. Last year, Mahomes – basically, I had Mahomes 1A and Trubisky 1B. That was the order, and that was what I, I looked at uh as my my and then as far as like 2a and 2b were uh like kaiser and watson but i've i waffled on those two back and forth i think at the end i had kaiser just ahead of watson and at this uh stage i mean like i say so that's that's been my track record of quarterbacks that i've wanted that's what i've you know went going into the process and i really 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 wanted mahomes last year to the point where i would have drafted him above drafting uh garrett and I don't know, maybe had we done that, you know, who knows how this season would have gone. But, uh, you know, a rookie Mahomes with Hugh Jackson, I'm not, I'm not really sure that, that would have worked out uh, to our benefit. But look, at, if, if that quarterback, you know, judgment, 
you know, is is worth anything. Well, Dorsey shares it because he, you know, uh, put up a lot of Kansas City's future to roll up and get the guy. Well, maybe Kansas City, and I don't know this, all right? This is just rote speculation on my part. Maybe you do, and you can, you know, uh, take me to task and tell me I'm wrong about all this. But maybe the uh, chefs are like, you know, we got rid of this Dorsey guy. And one of the reasons why is because we're not really all that unhappy with Alex Smith. Like, we feel like he's done a pretty good job for us, and we didn't really need to sell our future for this guy that's, you know, got a lot of talent, but is pretty unproven. And thus, maybe they would be willing to buy back some of that future from the same guy that, uh, that that you know put so much put up so many assets for him last year. Not the most out of this world, you know. Th- so if, let's say that we do that. Let's say that we trade, we swap first round picks, and we also give them what? What do you think that we have that's of tradable value? That. Uh, you know, could be could be part of. The, I mean, I really don't. I don't know Kansas City's situation well enough to really know who it is that or what it, what sort of uh, positional uh, strengths and weaknesses that they have based on. Because uh, I think that we have a lot of of uh, assets. Maybe uh, drill peppers. Like maybe we can. So okay, let's let's say I have a, a package that involves trading peppers, Kaiser, and the number four overall for Mahomey, the chef's uh, uh, pick, which will probably be you know mid twenties. And I don't know, maybe a conditional like fourth or fifth. What do you think? Would you do that trade? I'd be happy with that. And then we still have the first overall. And then what do you do? Then what if you have the first overall and you've got your quarterback? Or do you then still draft a guy? You have Mahomes and then draft another. Now, I wouldn't hate that. Especially because you still have another first round pick that you could go uh, take a... Now, I know people are going to be hating that because, uh, you know, you got players like Minka Fitzpatrick who's actually somebody that I've taken a look at and I really um I I I I mean I still got to look at everybody and now is when it actually starts as far as the draft um inquisition looking at everybody but he's a guy that is you know very intriguing and it certainly is a big playability and looks like he could be every bit the uh the player that could settle our our problem at free safety and then we don't know if we can get quarterback and free safety problem is we can get quarterback and free safety fixed and we still have a big problem at coaching but maybe by the time i'm done talking here i'll turn on the news and find out that we've already fired hugh jackson and that would be actually um i don't know some good news as i say it takes a lot to get me to that point but ear regardless as we move on uh the quarterback position ultimately is going to come down to uh, what we do here in this offseason because I don't think that the answer is going to be Deshaun Kaiser no matter how much time we give him I could be wrong about that you know the guy could end up being in the league for a couple of years put it all together and and realize that mammoth potential that he has but I'm not uh, I'm not counting on it so moving on the running back position I mentioned Crowell is Isaiah Crowell is probably going to be gone uh he probably played his last down and he was he led the team in rushing for three years in a row the first time that's happened since Kevin Mack did it in uh, the early 90s it's Kevin Mack shout out and they both wear number 34 how about that he's he's probably leaves that leave that leaves on the team Duke Johnson who's had you know tough fumble in that situation uh, later in the, in the game today because then you know at that point if we get a field goal on that drive then maybe we only have to kick a field goal later on but it's water under the imperfect season bridge at this point he comes back next year in a contract year for himself in 2018. So you figure we're probably going to add to that position through the draft or free agency or both. 
Um, and like you say, we have Matt Days. I think we also have Darius Jackson, who was on the roster at the beginning of the year on uh, on uh, injured uh, reserve. I'm, this is all off memory, so you know, forgive me if I miss some players. But really, I'm just focusing on the ones that are um, that, well, that I would consider to be important and are going to be part of the future moving forward. And uh, Danny Vitale, who was really a guy that I, I, I was hoping would would see a lot more action this year, really didn't. He's on the roster, was hurt today, didn't play, and, you know, maybe he comes back, and uh, I, th- I, mean, I think that he's under contract. But again, with all these guys, whether they're under contract is different from the idea of whether we're going to keep them, because, again, Dorsey is the new guy, he's going to bring in his own guys, and some of these guys that were Sashi's guys might not have been Hughes' guys, and so everybody's got to get their own guys. That really is the only argument, although it's a powerful one, for not firing Hugh, because then whoever you bring in, it's a total you know, blow-up you know situation but again i'm not even sure that that's the worst thing in the world given how bad that hugh has been as a coach but it, it, be that as it may um we could you, we could use an upgrade at the position and i think that there's plenty there's ample um opportunity to do that there's lots of really good players coming out in the draft that we could address that that position group with wide receiver you know Corey coleman very disappointing drop at the end of the game that would have given us a first and goal type situation to possibly go win it um had a you know a, 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 a t- another tough year that was marred by injury and then when he did get into the game suffered through bad quarterback play and then bad play on his own when he did have a chance it really wasn't didn't have a drops problem per se uh, until that last one there at the very end of the year and that was a straight up drop that he should have had that would have you know gotten us a first down on a fourth down play and it ended the year so he's going to have to live with that for the entire offseason. Josh Gordon, on the other hand, showed a lot of his you know playmaking ability, and so you know Gore, with with Coco, he's going to have to um, spend the offseason you know <laughs> figuring out how to not get his hand broken in the first week of the year, and then refining his skills. And if he can come out, it's going to be his third near, third year next year, and he can make a jump that hopefully can justify his draft position. Him and Gordon, that's that's not a terrible situation uh, possibly. Richard. Higgins showed some some life today. Outside of that, I don't really have I don't really want anything to do with any of the other wide receivers that are on the roster. I'm good with getting rid of all of them. Um, I I was you know I like Treggs, but he's gone. I mean, just I'm fine with with wiping wiping the decks clean with all of them and bring in new blood. I'm fine with even spending the number four overall or whatever it ends up being or the number twenty eight or whatever it is if we do the trade with Kansas City that I mentioned earlier would be a possibility on a wide receiver. I'd be fine with doing that even with a healthy and non suspended. Gordo and a non-broken handed and confidence restored uh, Coco. But time will tell. But I'm fine with spending assets on getting uh, weapons, playmakers for both the running back position and the wide receivers. I'm great with doing that as a matter of fact. I'm good with getting those guys as free agency or uh, coming up in the draft. Um, so that you know, but the but we don't have nothing there we don't have nothing at the wide receiver position at tight end david Njoku made a catch and was basically invisible for the rest of the day and, and it's hard to tell whether that's because he wasn't able to get open or because kaiser you know wasn't able to connect with him either way in a pretty solid rookie year for him i think showed a lot of the talent that justified his being uh taken uh in the first round although as a lot of people have pointed out in retrospect it would have been better if we just would have taken him with the number 25 that we had instead of taking Pepper and then either take in Peppers with the number 33 that we had or use it to take Marcus Williams or somebody that was better at the safety position than Peppers ultimately ended up being. But whatever. Didn't go down like that. But Njoku and Seth DeValve are fine at the tight end spot. Sure, we could we could add somebody to that group. 
Uh, and I, I, I would imagine that Malcolm Telfor will probably be gone because he's just, you know, he's just somebody that you just figure is probably going to be gone. I think, I think this is a contract. No, it's not a contract year for him, but – and he's fine. He's just, you know, third tight end. I, I just see him being replaced with somebody. Um, offensive line, you know, a lot of this is going to depend on Joe Thomas. You know, that's the other part is he he's not he said it's up in the air about what he's going to do, whether he's going to retire, and because of that, maybe you have to spend that that number uh, four or whatever it is that second first round pick. I know people are going to love this, but it's probably time for us to think about uh, spending it on a left tackle. Or, I mean, Spencer Drango did not look too bad out there. I mean, for most of the time that he was in there. He showed he could be a more than serviceable left tackle. Now, he's not Joe Thomas, but there's only ever been one Joe Thomas. Yeah, he's not going to be the greatest of all time, you know, whenever he goes out there and plays, but, you know, he played pretty well. Played at, at, at average or above average level for a left tackle uh, in the NFL, which he was, you know, kind of drafted to play on the interior. So, really, you know, kudos to him. And also kudos to Joel Batonio. You know, he had a, a questionable career coming into this year and he as he had uh, had injuries for two of his first three seasons and played all the way through this year didn't have the injury bug and played well uh, that that you know the so the left side of the offensive line hopefully Joe comes back there's also Rod Johnson didn't play at all this year he figures to uh, see snaps so I mean a relative strength um, on the offensive line when you consider Drango and that left side uh, JC Treader I thought did fine uh, at, at the center position this year he, he you know he'll be coming back as did Kevin Zeitler did he you know he, he may have not have uh, had the sort of uh, impact that like you know uh, John, uh, John that uh, Steinbeck Eric Steinbeck had when he joined the team in um, 2007 but uh, as a comparison, Sean Coleman, other than the penalties, had a pretty good year at right tackle. I think that he probably has locked down that job, and really I don't see any reason to look at the right tackle position as anything other than being essentially solved. Uh, we got a guy there, and it's fine. Uh, he's he's totally cool uh, at that position. I'm, I'm good with – and he's going to get better. And he was a second year, and he held his own. So he'll get better. Um going into his third year and so and and at that point um we add a couple more players again through free agency of the draft offensive line an area of relative strength the defensive line is an area of of actual strength um no matter how you i mean miles garrett danny shelton larry ogan uh today nice play by caleb brantley even though it was a you know result of a big play by miles garrett emmanuel ogba was having a great year before he got hurt and Carl Nassib showed that he's serviceable when called upon. Um, a very solid group of f- up front. And, you know, a couple of other situational pass rushers will be interesting to see what happens with Nate Orchard uh, as the offseason um, unfolds. He was a second-round pick, so, you know, I, I believe he's in a contract year coming up. Not really a liability, but hasn't really uh, exploded as uh, you know his draft position would um, would would uh, would would suggest. But at any rate, the defensive line as a whole, solid group, formidable group, uh, good group. As are the linebackers. Joe Schobert, you know, was was you know nobody was expecting anything out of him coming into this year, and he's Pro Bowl alternate. Good year for for that young man. Jamie Collins and Christian Kirksey, both of those guys signed for a while when they get back on the field and healthy. Um, two good players that I mean, they, and, and the linebacking crew. I mean, again, the, you have guys that have talent out of position a lot, and I think a lot of it has to do with the scheme. Greg Williams and the stuff that he's doing. 
I, I think had. I mean, there, I think there's a reason. Although today and uh, the last week was really the first times all year that the tight ends weren't eating us alive. Maybe they finally, finally, finally figured out that you know part of of the problem. But I'm not really seeing a huge issue uh, where we needed a talent upgrade at linebacker. We got some players at that position. Cornerback is an interesting spot. Because Jason McCourty, again, I think that as the season wore along, he wore down uh, as a as a player. Uh, it, it just, I mean, I think that he was fine with all of this until it really started to get into 0 and 10, 0 and 12, 0 and you know. And then he's, I think that it really beat him down. And but he's still a good player. I don't know if he's under contract or not, or if he's if he's not somebody that you can count on going out and playing at the level he played at for most of this year. But. You combine Jamar Taylor, who had a solid uh, year for the most part, a really better second half of the year than the first half of the year. Breon Body Calhoun, who you know looks like a, a guy that's you know in that spot. He's as 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 in he's in the lineup. He's going to be part of this team. Should be part of this team. Should be a contributing player on this team for for a good while. And then you've got. Um, uh, Howard Wilson, who didn't even play this year because of injury, uh, he was a fourth round pick. So we'll get him and get to see what he can do next year. And a couple of other guys, Mike Jordan. Um, you know, it, it, it's fine. I'm good with adding uh, players at the cornerback spot. I, I don't really see that as big of a problem as is at safety. And this is where it gets dicey. You know, Derek Kindred and Jabril Peppers. You know, held down those two positions and for the most part did very very badly. At the safety spot all year long was an, an issue of just uh, of just just terrible failure. I mean, it was there was a failure point, and in today's game, uh, the big uh, um, running play on the reverse was you know bad angle by the safety, and he I think it was Nakua who came on you know later on in the in the uh, you know in the year and played you know better than what we've seen at the free safety spot, but he's a you know he's an undrafted rookie free agent. Um, I, I think that there's definitely I really sincerely hope that there's some attention paid to the to the safety position and I'd be great with seeing two new guys brought in and seeing Jabril Peppers basically playing a nickel corner spot that's when we when we drafted him and looked at him in the offseason the, the two things that I, I thought all year we, I don't know why we don't do this is moving Jason McCourty to, to safety to free safety and moving Peppers to like a nickel spot where he can play closer to the line and also cover receivers and backs and tight end but no we didn't do that we instead we played him at that stupid angel spot and he was mostly terrible all year long but whatever um it is what it is uh but but again we've got the resources and the kicking game how about zane gonzalez nailing a 53 yarder that was a big kick he needed to hit it and he did and britain colquitt had a fine year as did charlie hewlett so again you know you look at this roster from top to bottom quarterback yeah safety yeah there's other spots you know there there I, I should put it this way there is not a position group that is on the team that couldn't use an upgrade except maybe defensive line i don't know you know, i mean you could i mean unless there's like a stud that's out there if there's like a, you know somebody that you could that you could get that's like a, you know like an aaron donald or somebody like you know somebody crazy like that that we actually had the opportunity to get to put into this line i mean it's about I mean, with with the with the amount of talent and youth and years that they have in their contract and and the pedigree with which they were drafted and their performance. I mean, this defensive line, for the most part, is where it needs to be. If we're able to to finally, and I mean, it was getting pressure even without Agba in there, with Garrett in there, uh, with with Garrett and Agba in the lineup next year, this should be a fine pass rush with Ogan Joby getting better. Uh, Danny Shelton has not has never really been a, a pass rushing force, but what he can do in the running game, um, hey. 
He's a, he's a good player to have in the interior. Uh, so Okay, so you could probably add some pass rushing defensive tackles, some interior defensive linemen. Fine, great. You want to add a linebacker? Great. I'm saying you can add a player to any spot, but really the only spots on this team that you look at and say, we need upgrades are quarterback, safety, and then maybe, maybe wide receiver because of the unknown of Josh Gordon uh, and, and also of uh, Corey Coleman, quite frankly. And running back because of Isaiah Crowell's situation and, uh, you know, the fact that Duke has never been, you know, reliable to, to carry a whole load. But we're not talking about, okay, that's quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and safety. That's, that's four. That's four spots. And I said we have six in the top 65. We got this. We should be able to do this. Now is the hope that, uh, that John Dorsey, who is now on the clock can can get it right with the quarterback and then fill out the roster get the final pieces in place leave you know the guys that are here that can contribute you know add some good talent and um hopefully we can we can a year from now when i'm doing this um because i you know i i, I won't i'm not going to be like Hugh. i'm not going to say that uh you know i'm gonna i'm gonna jump i'm not gonna go jump in the gulf if if we go zero and sixteen again, I don't know if I could if I can mentally. It, I'm not. I won't promise that I won't give up football completely. If we do, if we get close, if we're sitting here at zero and fourteen, zero and fifteen next year, I may be just be like, all right, I'm done. I can't I can't handle football anymore. But I'm not gonna. I'm not going there, uh, and I'm definitely not bailing right now. I'm. I am actually. I'm kind of excited because the misery is over. The off season begins. Our beloved Roarange helmets can can hurt us no longer as they fall to the Pittsburgh Steelers, twenty eight twenty four to end this miserable, the most miserable of all the years of watching this pathetic franchise <laughs> that we all so love. And with that. Um, and by the way, if you have uh, been listening to these these casts all year long, uh, I, I, my, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you. I, I don't know what it is about um, what I have to offer that you find worthwhile, but I just appreciate that you're out there, that you're listening. I've appreciated you um, all year long. I hope that you had a wonderful Christmas. I hope that you are about to have a tremendous, uh, wonderfully prosperous new year. Uh, I will return um, probably again next week. You know, I've, I've been doing this weekly thing even uh, during the off season. Um, we'll see what the schedule is like moving forward. But um, no more post game stuff. The season mercifully comes to an end after um, after an zero and sixteen campaign actually happens. It actually happens. Uh, but I, I appreciate you. Um, I, I wish you all the best out there. Good luck. God bless. Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find this anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out.